everyone. Welcome to the My Nights Are Booked podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Pollock, and it is 11 o'clock at night on Friday, January 27th. And, you know, I just, sometimes you just have the urge to talk about something, and I feel like talking about Mayfair Witches and Interview with a Vampire and just some thoughts that I have that are kind of going through my head. And I I feel like talking about it is such a more accessible format. So I, I I hope you'll bear, bear with me through this podcast. It's going to be more of a conversation. Um, you know, I'm a fan, you know, you guys know who I am. You all know who I am. You know, that I'm as, as big a fan of these shows as, as you are. And so, um, I also have the, I guess my background, you know, you know, I've been covering the walking dead for quite a number of years, God, going back to 2015. Um, and for a while, for those of you who know me before all of, you know, my transition to my new job and everything, I ran a a website that was dedicated to the walking dead. So that's all I covered for years and years and years was the walking dead and all of the spinoffs. So when I talk about things that I observe in terms of, you know, things that I observe and and want to project upon Interview with a Vampire or Mayfair Witches, it's based on years and years and years of observ- of those observations about other shows and, you know, other shows within the AMC universe. So I, I have a good sense of how AMC operates. We're in uncertain times with AMC right now, though, because, you know, you, you may have heard the news about, you know, the, the streaming thing. AMC Plus isn't doing as well as they had hoped, and they had to uh, cut back. They've had to cut a bunch of shows, and, and, and a lot of the plans that they had, they had to scale back. Um, a lot of my publicist friends that I've worked with for years lost their jobs, and it was just horrible um, to get the email saying that they were leaving. And, and um, you know, it's, it's just, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. So I feel like now's a good time to just kind of have a, you know, it's it's like one of those Franklin Delano Roosevelt fireside chats, you know, where he would sit down and he would talk to the nation and and just you know, just kind of talk. I don't know anything, but I do have all of the knowledge that comes with working in this environment for years and years and years. And so that's where I'm coming from when I say, you know, these are things. Um, honestly, I am in awe of of you all as a fandom. Um, even though I count myself as a fan, I have to say that there are social media accounts that I will follow because they are so amazingly detailed and the amount of, of knowledge that you have, uh, you know, skimming through the shows and, and pulling out these little tidbits and, and analyzing them. I mean, that's honestly, that's what I used to do for a living about the walking dead. So I appreciate what you're doing and I wish I could do it with interview with a vampire. I wish somebody would pay me to just sit and talk about it for, you know, all day, every day. Maybe someday that'll happen. But, you know, in truth, this is, I I am in awe of all of you guys, but my specialty, and I think where I can help everybody is, is, you know, just kind of being the, the kind of the inside voice in terms of, you know, how things work and what, what goes on and 
So that's what I thought we would talk about today. And it, it just seems like I haven't talked about Mayfair Witches, and obviously uh, we're heading into episode four this week. Uh, it came out yesterday on AMC Plus. It'll air this Sunday. And I'm not going to go into spoilers because we're not really supposed to as journalists. See, the, the, here's, a great, here's a great example. Journalists are told that we're not allowed to do any kind of recaps or analysis or reviews of shows until they air on AMC, the network. Even though, you know, fans have had the episodes for days and days and days by that point. So you all have, if, if you've watched the episodes, be it Interview with a Vampire or The Walking Dead or Mayfair Witches, any show on AMC that airs early, um, you all have had it, you've had it for a week or a few days at least, and you've been analyzing the heck out of it. But we're told we're not supposed to do that. And I like to play by the rules. I know a lot of journalists, oh, the stories I could tell you. The stories I could tell you from press rooms and being on set visits and the things that you hear from your colleagues that are so, (laughs) I think the nicest word I could probably use is unprofessional. Um, But, you know, the things that you hear people say and the things that they do, you know, I, I could spoil things. I could put spoilers out and I could get, you know... Get attention for spoiling things, and that's just not how I do things. Integrity is very important to me, and so I play by the rules. And so AMC says, Don't talk about spoilers. So I'm not going to talk about the episode specifically, but I am going to tease the episode, and I really want to tease the next episode. So bear with me. I won't be able to say a lot, but I do want to say something because I, I feel like there's there's a lot of interesting opinions about Mayfair Witches, and I think I might share a few of them with you. Um, So yeah, so we're going to talk about Mayfair Witches. We're going to talk about Interview with a Vampire. We're going to talk a little bit about social media, and uh, and then we're going to wrap up with my whole idea about having everybody on the podcast, because that is something I really want to do, and then the holidays kind of got involved. So we're going to do a lot. We're going to try and keep it to a reasonable level of of, amount of time for the podcast. so just bear with me. Um, starting out, so Mayfair Witches. I have to say that of all the shows between, you know, of all the shows I've watched on AMC between The Walking Dead and Interview with a Vampire, you know, all of the different Walking Dead spinoffs, everything, of all the shows, um, Mayfair Witches is probably the one that I would say you should binge. If you haven't started watching it, Try to save up a bunch of episodes and then watch them all at once. Um, if you have been watching and you're feeling like you're not really into it, um, maybe stop for a little bit and then come back and binge the next three episodes back to back to back. Um, initially, screeners and journalists, journalists like me, um, we received the first five episodes. And last week we got episode six. So I've now seen the first six episodes. My immediate thought upon watching the first episode and going into the second episode was that this is the kind of show that you have to watch right away, back to back to back. This is a Netflix kind of show. Give me the whole season and just let me watch it at my own pace. It's not a good week to week show. 
that's probably its biggest weakness is that there's so much going on. There's a lot of pieces and moving parts and it's a little slow and there's a lot of world building that's happening because, you know, unfortunately the witches aren't as well known as the vampires. So they have a lot to do. I mean, the showrunners, Esther Spalding and Michelle Ashford, they have a lot to do in terms of building this world up. And it's not an easy task, especially because they're trying to establish this other wing to the franchise. So I am very sympathetic to that. It's not an easy thing to do, especially because the first book has a thousand freaking pages in it. That is not something that you can just adapt without having to cut and make decisions about a whole lot of things. Plus, there's a lot of stuff that just wouldn't fly by modern standards, at least modern TV standards. You could probably write it, but I don't think it would pass censors. Like Cortland is a great example. Cortland is not a good character in the book. And he's actually pretty likable on the show. And I'm glad for that. I'm glad that I can like Cortland because I actually think he's one of the stronger characters. I, I would love to see more Cortland and Jojo. I think they're both just fantastic characters. Um, in So now that I've seen the first six episodes, and, and again, I am being 100% honest with you because I will always be honest with you. When I think about how I reviewed the show, for me, episode three was a turning point. I wasn't really into it the first two episodes. It took a while for me to get into it. Episode three was the turning point, and I absolutely loved episodes four, five, and six. Um, episode four was one that I, I really, really, really enjoyed. I, I got, I thought it was a, a good it really gets into the meat of it. I wish that episode had come sooner. Um, episode three, I loved because I loved the, the, the parade and I loved Rowan and Lasher interacting. Um, episode five though, I can't say a lot about it, but I'm going to tell you this bit. Episode five is like a nightmare that plays out before your very eyes and you're stuck in this nightmare you might know what I'm referring to. I mean, obviously with a creature like Lasher, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways you can interpret that statement, but episode five will haunt you like a nightmare. And that for me was when I was like, okay, this is, this is some good stuff. This is some really good stuff. Episode six does some stuff that's like, okay, okay. Wow. Like, okay, we're, we're getting into this. And that's why I'm saying you had to binge the show. And it really sucks because I am aware that I had a very different introduction to the show than people who were watching it. And it's it's not a week-to-week -week show. Some shows just don't lend well to week-to-week. -week, and that's just the way it is. But with Mayfair Witches, if you watched it all at once or, you know, a couple episodes at a time, I think you would have a very different perspective on it. That being said, it is drastically different from Interview with a Vampire, and I think that's on purpose. I have seen all of your comments about the wonderful writers team um, that you know put together the first season of Interview with a Vampire. I'm actually working to um, I will be interviewing them at some point in the near future. 
uh, just trying to get that all kind of set up again. The holidays were kind of a weird thing because there was a lot going on at the end of the year. So we are uh, working on getting an, inter an, an interview set up, but everything with Mayfair, which is, I think is very intentional, whether or not it's working is a whole other conversation. And I've seen a lot of people say that, you know, that they don't like the pacing, they don't like the casting, they don't like the story. And again, one of the things that really struck me is that, you know, it's not the kind of show that jumps in immediately. It literally took me three episodes to be like, okay, I'm into this. And that's why when I described it as a glass of bourbon, you know, like something that you would savor, it's not something that's like immediate. That would, that was my whole, if you go back and read my review, that was my whole point to saying that it was like a hit of cocaine with interview with a vampire hit you right from the very start. You took a hit and you were hooked with Mayfair witches. It's very different, very different vibe. It's, it's slower. It, it's going at its own pace and they are taking some very big liberties. I am still not convinced that I understand what Lasher's role is. I don't know that it's going to be the same as in the books. I don't know how this whole thing is going to play out. Um, I will say that I absolutely adore Cyprian. I, I wasn't sure going into it. I had read the interviews. I knew that, you know, that Aaron Leitner and Michael Curry were combined to create this character. Um, Tongai Teresa is fabulous. Plus, he's a really cool human being. Follow him on Instagram. He is a really cool guy. So I tend to gravitate towards actors that are just cool people. And he is a cool person. If you heard my interview with him, um, if you listen to the difference between the way he spoke and the way Harry Hamlin spoke, you know what I'm talking about. I could talk to, to Tongai all day and I would love to. I would absolutely love to. Um, I haven't talked to Alexandra Daddario yet. And I, I actually am kind of hesitant because... I can't get a read on how she's playing Rowan. If it's, if Rowan is a byproduct of her or if she is playing her a certain way, because I've gone back and I've watched performances. If you're, if you're familiar with Alexandra Daddario, she was just, she was just in the White Lotus season one. And it was a very interesting role. If you listen to the cadence of her voice and you listen to the way she does her performance, it was a very different, it, it, it's very similar to Rowan. If you go back and watch American Horror Story Hotel, season five, if you watch her performance in that, you will see a very different performance. So I have to wonder, is she playing it this way or is it just because of how she is as an actor? I'm not entirely sure. But I don't have the connection to her that I've, I've you know, obviously I had a huge connection to um, to Cyprian. And I'm actually, I think that Jack Houston is phenomenal as Lasher. Um, I'm not upset at the fact that he's not a young person. I think that he's, he's very good for the role of someone who has existed for years and years and years, you know, centuries upon centuries. Um, I think he's got that kind of universal appeal. So I'm actually kind of, I'm intrigued by his character and the way he's playing Lasher. I think it's a very intentional choice. And I think it's going to play into however they create his backstory. Because I don't think it's going to be the same as the books. I just don't. I, I don't think that, that Lasher is going to be the Lasher that we think 
we know from the books. Um, Beth Grant, phenomenal as Carlotta. Um, Harry Hamlin, I, I could watch all day as Cortland. Um, I think he's just doing a fantastic job with that role. And it just seems so natural. And just, you just kind of like the, it's kind of like uh, Benoit Blanc uh, in Glass Onion. And it's kind of, you know, they're knives out. You know, it's it's, it's very much that Daniel, uh, Daniel Craig portrayal. Um, a little bit of Foghorn Leghorn in there. I, I don't know. I, I think he's doing, I think he's doing a good job, but I, so I do get it. I do get the, the kind of frustration with the way that the story is playing out. But I also have to go back and wonder if I had a different reaction to it because I saw so much of it. And by the time you get to four, five, and six, it's a very different story. The story is then in motion. And then you're really, I mean, Knowing that there's only eight episodes, now I'm really curious, like, how this is all going to work. They didn't have enough time to mess around with the episodes. There was no slow episode of Interview with a Vampire. Looking back on on The Walking Dead, we used to talk about, we would analyze this. I mean, because that's what we did. We analyzed The Walking Dead to every little facet of it. They had what were called bottle episodes that would focus on a single character and they would be slower episodes that would kind of fit into the larger story arc, but kind of not. You can kind of, you know, they were kind of one-off episodes. And they only had 16 episodes a season. This is why I actually love that model. I wish that they would do that with Interview with a Vampire and potentially Mayfair Witches in the future. Um, I like the idea of 16 episodes, eight in the fall, eight in the spring. It gives you a lot more to work with. I think that's, I, I really hope that they work with that in the future. I don't think that eight episodes per year is enough. Um, it's a stretch. I just, I just don't know. But that's really what I wanted to say. I, I don't know that the witching hour is hitting people the way that, you know, I, I think you need to see more of it. I think you need to watch it all at once. I think you have to be very aware that it's not the same story. And that it's probably going to change a lot and that you're probably going to be surprised by the time we get to seven and eight. I haven't seen them, so I don't know. But that's where I'm guessing is going to I think that's going to be I think we're going to get there. And we're going to be like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, OK. Like, OK. It's just been a really slow burn and slow burn shows are best served all at once so you can binge them. They're not good week to week. It just doesn't. I, again, kind of using The Walking Dead as the example, the spinoff Fear the Walking Dead, which never had the reception that The Walking Dead had. So it's very much, it's very similar. Interview with a Vampire had a huge reception. Everybody loved it pretty universally. Mayfair, which is eh, kind of, um, same thing with Fear the Walking Dead. What was interesting about Fear the Walking Dead is that it, 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 it had all the same elements, but it just, it, it was a different, a different vibe. It was just, it, it was just different and you either liked it or you didn't like it. There was, it was a very binary show. Like you either did or you didn't, there was no in between. So I don't know. I just see that really working I, I see that playing out more and more now, and it just makes me wonder um, 
how they'll adjust it. But I, I really think when you get to episode five, I want you all to, to tweet me and let me know what you think. Because that, that episode for me was like, oh, okay, wow. And then obviously with six, I was like, oh, yeah, it's just going to keep going. It's just going to keep right on going. And uh, yeah, and, and so I'm, I'm going to be right there on the edge of my seat with uh, seven and eight too. So yeah, we'll see. Kind of moving on, there isn't a lot going on in the, in the interview with the Vampire Universe. Um, you may have seen some tweets that I put out about, you know, I, st I still firmly maintain that if the show films April to August, they will have time to have the premiere in October. The last Sunday in October is October 29th. Interestingly enough, Inter uh, The Walking Dead, The Walking Dead premiered its first season on Halloween night back in 2010. So it is not unheard of to have a season premiere that late in the season. Now, that season only had uh, six episodes. They they tend to like to have their shows end before the holidays, you know, so early December. Even if, you know, with eight episodes in season two, they could make that work. They could, if they could premiere October 29th and run eight episodes and still be done like mid-December. So it's entirely possible. Let me tell you why I think this is going to be the case. Going back to how we started the conversation with all of the stuff going on at AMC, the fall is the biggest time of year for any network, any studio. That's the fourth quarter. Q4 profits are everything because that's going to set the tone. That's why you saw this big slash and burn at the end of the year last year because they got to the end of the year and they were like, oh, fuck, we need to do something. You don't want to be in that situation. So you want to roll out as much as you can. Obviously, The Walking Dead ended in, in November last year. And uh, this year, they're going to have uh, two spinoffs, the, the Walking Dead Dead City. Uh, that's with Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Lauren Cohan. And then they're going to have Daryl Dixon, which is with Norman Reedus. Those are six episodes each. So obviously not enough to, you know, it's, it's, it's not even a full season of The Walking Dead. Uh, this will be the last season of Fear the Walking Dead. That's going to have 12 episodes that are split up six and six. Uh, the, the season premiere is May 14th. And I swear to God, this is this, my life the past eight years has been AMC. So I, I am not kidding you when I tell you that this is why this stuff all is in my brain, because this is, this has been my life. And so, yeah, it's not weird at all that I'm just sitting here rattling these dates off the top of my head because this is, this is my life. Um, so six episodes in May, starting May 14th. I would imagine that the last six episodes will probably be uh, in the fall. I think they would pair up with Interview with a Vampire, but they're not enough by themselves to carry the whole season. If they waited until October 29th to release Interview with a Vampire season two, that would give them a very, very, very strong fourth quarter finish because we are all waiting for this show. And they could run Fear the Walking Dead at the same time. They could 
basically take over Sunday nights. There's not going to be anything, you know, House of the Dragon isn't coming back until next year. So it's not like HBO is going to have a big show to compete with it the way that House of the Dragon competed uh, with Interview with a Vampire and all that stuff in the fall this year um, or 2022. So it makes sense that they're going to do everything they possibly can to make sure that Interview with a Vampire is on the slate for the end of the year. The only caveat to this Let's pretend that there is no, there's no issue with production. Let's not, let's, you know, it, 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 it could be the case that they choose to run the Daryl Dixon spinoff in the fall with say fear the walking dead. My guess is they're not going to do that. My guess is that they are going to use Daryl. They could actually use Daryl Dixon and interview with a vampire and really power out in Q4. I think the interview with the vampire is that important to the network. That's just my educated guess. That being said, they could just go with Walking Dead, but I don't think they're going to do that. I really don't. And given that, you know, there were a lot of things going on behind the scenes with the Daryl Dixon show, uh, casting things, and there's just a whole lot of, a whole lot of stuff. Um, I don't think that it's going to be the case that they're going to try and, and and make that their flagship for the fall. I just don't see it. Now, I will say that the big show that everybody is going to be talking about in the Walking Dead universe is the Rick and Michonne spinoff. That's going to be huge. That will be that you don't want to compete with that. So that's not coming until 2024. So we don't have to worry about that in terms of it arriving this year. But that's, I mean, it, that's the kind of show you want to have to anchor a season. The only show that I see that could anchor a season is Interview with a Vampire. If you were going to have Interview with a Vampire anchor a season, you're going to want it to be quarter four because they need a strong finish after everything that happened last year. So that's why when I say that that's what I think is going to happen, I don't know. But I'm just telling you, after years and years and years of observation and the way they do things, that's what I think. It 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 doesn't mean anything, but it's just, I mean, it's just an educated guess. And I, I just really feel strongly that that is going to be the case. So we can only wait and see, but that's that's my thought. And speaking of educated guesses. If you know me, you know that I don't like wading into controversy or drama or anything like that. So I really want you all to understand that I am, again, I am just spouting some information. I don't have any answers. Um, but I have seen, you know, because I, I, I want to acknowledge that I see people who are very frustrated that there aren't two accounts uh, for Interview with a Vampire and Mayfair Witches. And I totally understand that. There's a lot of pieces. There's a lot of pieces to this. And so I just want to tell you some of the things that I know and some of the things that I've observed and some of the things that, you know, are things to think about. Um, <laughs> first of all, uh, I actually know the person who runs the uh, the social media accounts. 
Believe it or not, there is one person running all of, of AMC's social media. It is one person. And I can tell you after all of those cuts last year, we are very lucky to have a person at all. I want that to sink in a little bit because that's how bad those cuts were, how many people lost their jobs. And um, so the person who runs the account, I actually met at Comic-Con last year and uh he in fact he followed me from the uh from the the Anne Rice account while we were at the panel so it was just it was it was really cool um but he also does the walking dead stuff and you know there's there's a lot of pieces so i know there's a lot of people who are saying like well why aren't there two accounts why is it just one account and um the account was very intentionally made, and, and this is again. Now, this is this is me. This is there's no official anything. This is this is just me ob making observations. The official account was vaguely called the interview or the Immortal Universe, Anne Rice Immortal Universe. Right now, I just looked it up before I started the podcast. Um, the Twitter account has about 22,000 followers and this, the Instagram account has about 29,000 followers. By contrast, the Walking Dead account, and obviously it's a larger account that's been around longer, uh, has millions of followers. It's not unusual for uh, young franchises to have one account. And these days, especially with all of the stuff going on behind the scenes, not just at AMC, but just in studios in general, um, you usually have one person running accounts for multiple shows. That's just marketing 101. And, and we'll get into that in a minute because I want I want to talk about you know how these how these things work. But um, it makes sense that there is one account right now because they're trying to build a franchise based around Anne Rice. With Interview with a Vampire, most of the fans came into the account because of that show. So I understand why people would say, well, why don't they have two? The problem is, is that the, the, the account only has about, you know, like I said, it has less than 30,000 followers for both. So trying to come up with a brand new social media account to promote both shows isn't the easiest thing to do when you don't have that many followers, period. So my guess is that they probably would split them off if there were more followers. And once they kind of have, you know, have kind of a picture of where it's going. If you look at some of the big franchises, uh, Game of Thrones, they there is a House of Dragons uh, social media account. It doesn't have as many fans, though, as the Game of Thrones accounts. So that's why you still see the Game of Thrones account promoting House of the Dragon, because that has the more that has a bigger fan base. Same with Star Trek, Star Wars, all of those shows, the Marvel Universe. You have a main account. And then you have the secondary accounts, but the secondary accounts usually don't have as many followers. So that's why they have one main account that kind of is an umbrella for all of them. That's my guess as to why they haven't split it up yet. Once there's like, you know, if there was like a million followers and, you know, they don't piggyback off of each other, 
I mean, that was a, a quick turnaround going from interview to Mayfair, which is to build fan bases for both of those. It, it, it's a hard thing to do, especially with all of the stuff going on with social media and Twitter and, you know, all of that stuff. So it's not, it's not uncommon is what I'm saying. So if you, if you look at the big franchises, you'll see that it's not so uncommon. Um, in terms of, of how they run the account, again, this is coming from years and years and years of watching how the Walking Dead account functioned. And this is just kind of marketing, marketing 101, because I've, you know, now, especially now in my current job, I am actually following about 30 TV shows that are either in, you know, on in season or out of season. And, you know, and I'm constantly looking for updates. So I look at about 30 different TV accounts on a regular basis. I want to focus, I'm just going to focus right now on The Walking Dead because that's what I know the best. When the show is airing, you will have the highest amount of engagement from a social media account. And this is just in general. This is just a general thing. When the show is airing, that's when you will have peak and interaction um, and leading up to it. So the cycle usually goes, and, and this is again kind of going back to The Walking Dead, but the cycle usually goes about a month from when the show is about to premiere. That's when they really start hyping and getting things and, you know, they have teasers and they have promos and, and that's because they have been filming. So now they have stuff to show you when it's out of season, it's going to get quieter because they don't have as much to do because they've already shown you everything. Um, I have gone through the archives of, uh, the press, the press site, I've looked for stuff that hasn't been out there. They have shown you everything. I've, cause I trust me, I've gone through and I've looked to see like how much is in there. Um, everything that's available is, is out. They're not going to be filming until April. So there really isn't a lot to do except, you know, make memes and, and, you know, retweet fan art and do polls. And, you know, so what you're seeing right now is normal. That's how it used to be. I mean, we used to sit, there was this drought from, oh my God, uh, with interview or with The Walking Dead, we would go all summer without, you know, any Walking Dead stuff because the show would come back. It would start in say October. It would end in December. It would come back in February, end in April or March, uh, depending on when it premiered. And then from April till September, there would be like nothing, nothing. And it sucks as a fan, but it's just kind of the way it is. You know, one of the things that then this, this is where having actors who are on social media is helpful because a lot of times they'll share stuff from sets and they can, you know, kind of keep the drought a little more tolerable. We don't really have that with Interview with a Vampire as much. And obviously a lot of it's going to be shrouded in secrecy, so they're not going to be able to tell you a lot initially. Um, but unfortunately, like if you look at, uh, I don't know why I keep thinking of young Sheldon. I don't know why. Just, I don't, I don't, it's a show that I cover. Um, when I was getting ready to write about it last fall, the, the account hadn't tweeted for weeks, weeks and weeks and weeks. And then about a month before the show aired, 
then it started tweeting again. That's just how it works because what happens, and again, you know, going back to having one social media intern, it's not one person per show. It's usually one person per studio. So like Netflix is kind of a, an interesting one. There might be one or two, or there might be, there might be two, maybe three people running social media for Netflix. Same with, you know, a big studio like CBS, you know, sometimes it, depending on where the show comes from, like if it's a, a Warner Brothers show that's airing on NBC, then they might have a Warner Brothers person and an NBC person. There's so much to it. There's so much. It's, it's really, it's all very industry related and it's, it's way above my pay grade. But again, I observe this stuff because I have to cover it. So I watch the social media accounts because I'm trying to get updates on when shows are coming back. And I can tell you that there are situations where accounts will be idle for weeks and even months because there's nothing to talk about. So I feel really blessed that we get as much as we do from the interview with a vampire content. I know it's frustrating. I think my my thought is that if the account grows and the fandom grows in terms of following the accounts, I think we'll see more and I think they may eventually split them off because that would make sense. But with less than 30,000 followers on both of those platforms, I just don't see them making that a priority right now because they need they need to focus and the easiest way to get information out is through one account. A great way to test this, go look at Star Trek or Marvel or uh, DC, any of those, like you're going to see all of the announcements. Disney Plus, great example. Disney Plus is a great example. If you want to know what's going on with any show, most of the shows have their own handles. But Disney Plus tweets it all out because they have the biggest audience, the most followers. That's why you have one account and then you have a lot of little accounts. But we're not at the point where they have enough. Because again, the Walking Dead AMC account has like 4 million followers. So yeah, you can, but what's interesting, and here's a little homework assignment. If you look at the Walking Dead account and then the Fear the Walking Dead account and then the Walking Dead World Beyond account, you'll notice there is a steady decline in the number of followers. That's why it doesn't make sense because then you're, you're putting an extra toll on the one person you have trying to run all these friggin' accounts. So, you know, you have to, you have to figure that this person is, is running the accounts for better call Saul for, um, you know, for the other AMC shows that are running. So that's, I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses. It's not my job. I have nothing to do with it. But again, as somebody who relies on the social media as part of her job, I can tell you that there is an absolute method to this madness of why things aren't running. You know, it would be glorious, glorious to have all kinds of content all day. But they don't really have anything. They've given us everything. You know, now they have to get creative. They can make little clips, but we've seen the clips. They can make memes, but we've seen the pictures. They don't really have anything. They won't have anything until they start filming again. 
And then a month before it airs or, you know, right around Comic-Con time, even Comic-Con time is a great time to get information. So that's in July, July, you can expect to see it and they, and because they've been filming. So they'll have a trailer and they'll have all sorts of stuff to show us. So I know it sucks, but that's just the way it is. And, you know, in terms of promotion, one of the things that's, I, I see that word thrown out a lot. The thing that's interesting about the concept of promotion, they don't need to promote the show to fans who are already into it, if that makes sense. They need to promote it to people who haven't watched it yet. And that's kind of the target audience. And that's, again, just general marketing, you know, like it's it's a balance between, you know, pleasing the fandom and trying to get new eyeballs to watch the show. It's not an easy job. I would never, I had to run the social media for our, uh, for Undead Walking. It was a pain in the ass because you have to do so much to, it's, it's, it, it is literally a full-time job in itself. So I know it's not, you know. I get it. And again, I don't want to, I don't want it to be like I'm making excuses because I'm not. I'm, trust me, I would love to have more. There just really isn't more. So hopefully, hopefully again, you know, again, my intent with telling you this is so you kind of have a sense of, of what I know. I mean, this is, this is, this is what I do for a living. So this is, you know, this is me trying to just pass along some information and, Hopefully it's useful and it's not always what you want to hear, but it's, uh, again, it's, it's, it comes from a place of having, you know, spent, you know, you would spend every day. Like I had notifications set for the walking dead accounts, waiting for them to tweet, waiting for them to say something, you know, with a show like the walking dead, or, you know, if, if any of the shows that have been on for a long time, it's a lot easier to come up with memes and content out of season because they have years and years and years of content to build. You know, they, they can go back and say, you know, here we are going into season 10. Let's flash back to season one. With interview, there are seven episodes. That's all they have to work with. And then they have to promote Mayfair Witches because they're trying to build this universe. So they're using the audience that they have. That's why they're together. At least that's my my take on it. That's why they're doing it at the same time, because at least they have a platform to reach the 30,000 followers that they have. Again, once there are more followers, they'll probably split it apart. And then you can choose like, hey, I'm going to go follow interview with a vampire. But even then, if you go and, and do, you know, do that homework, I told you, go look at the different social media accounts for the different Walking Dead shows, you will see that all of the accounts promote the other shows. So it's, you're going to see cross content being promoted across whatever, you know, if, even if they split them apart, you're still going to see May, Mayfair Witches on an interview with a vampire account. That's just the, the way it's going to be. Now that I'm thinking about it, what's interesting is that they did not make individual accounts for these new Walking Dead shows. They're going to use the main account because that has 4 million followers. Why would you do, why would you split them up when you have 4 million followers for your main account? Just keep the main account. So 
there's a it's a marketing is such a weird thing. I would never want I would never want that job. I know a lot of TV movies like you know if, if you watch the Hallmark Channel Christmas movies, it seems like everybody's in marketing and they make it look like a glamorous job and and it looks fun. I mean, I certainly love my marketing packages that I get from studios and things, but I don't think I'd want to do it. It just looks really it's really hard. And I would hate to be the the social media person anywhere because it would just it's not an easy job. So I guess as just a, you know, my last little thought on that is, you know, that, you know, that saying, I don't, and I can't even think of it because it's now approaching midnight and my brain is tired, but knowing that they're not going to be able to change anything, it's a lot easier to be supportive than it is to be critical because they're not making the two accounts. Something to think about. It's just one person. I don't see that changing anytime soon. So, you know, instead, I would just be more like, hey, this is great. Let's keep this going. But that's just me. Last thing. I I told you I was going to try and keep this short, but, you know, we're having a conversation. So bear with me. But I do want to talk to everybody. I want, if, if you reached out to me, I have been reaching out to everybody. If I haven't gotten to you yet, I will be getting to you. I want to have Interview with the Vampire conversations because I, if the main account, if, the, if right now they don't have anything to really do, I can talk to you and we can make our own content. And because God knows that's one of my favorite things is to see all of the stuff, the fan art, the, you know, the stories, if anybody's out there writing fan fiction, please let me know. I want to read some fan fiction. I want to read some interview with a vampire TV series, fan fiction. Somebody send me a link, please. I love fan fiction. That's what I, I got started on Anne Rice fan fiction before it went away. Those were some of my favorite stories. I will even tell you, and I shouldn't tell you this, but oh my God, I think I've said it before when I was talking to uh, to Ray. Some of my favorite stories about our vampires came from fan fiction and not the books. And then it all went away because we weren't allowed to have fan fiction. But so if, if anybody's out there writing fan fiction, please hook a girl up and give me some fan fiction because I really want to read some. Um, but I, I do want to talk to everybody. I want to talk to you. If you want to talk about Mayfair Witches, um, let's do that. So if you haven't reached out to me yet, if you've, if you've wanted to reach out now would be a great time. I want to do, I'm hoping we can do like one a week. So it's, it's going to take some time to get through everybody, but I do want to talk to you. And I think that as a community, we have a fantastic community of fans. So I want to get to know everybody. I want to talk to you. I want to hear your stories. So let me know, hit me up on Twitter at Sarah Beth Pollock. Let me know, um, you know, if you want to chat and, and we can, we can do that. It would absolutely be my pleasure to speak with you and to help you share your story with the fan community. I think that would be fun fun and exciting. And, um, yeah, yeah. So let's, let's do it. Reach out, hit me up. Um, I do want to say that I did get a chance to talk to the Mayfair, which is director. She directed last, uh, last week's episode, episode three. She directed this week's episode, episode four. Her name is Axel. 
uh, Axel Carolyn. She is one of the coolest people I've ever talked to. Uh, she's directed so many amazing shows. She directed The Midnight Club, uh, American Horror Story, um, Haunting a Blind Manor. She's, I mean, if you like horror shows, she has directed almost all of them. Like, name one and she's directed it. So, really excited to share that with you. Um, it's going to be in a couple of places, so I'll make sure to put the links out. And uh, as always, thank you all so much for your support. And just remember, nothing I say is, I, I just, I, I feel like sometimes, like, I'm the kind of person where I wish people would just tell me things so then I understand how it works. And then I understand. And then I could be like, oh, okay, that's that's cool. Um, so that's what I'm trying to do here. I don't want to talk to, like, I totally get the frustration. I totally get the, I get it. I get all of it because I'm there too um, as a fan and then also professionally. You know, like, I, I would love to see more. But there, there are things that are happening behind the scenes that I can't even imagine. I just know little bits. So that's, I, I just feel like if you, if you kind of have that sense of, of what's going on behind the scenes and some of the stuff that's, you know, that's, that's going on, then it kind of, it helps to have perspective. You know what they say, knowledge is power. So hopefully this has been helpful. And, and, you know, honestly, like I've, I've told you before, I am in the same boat. I am a fan too. So hopefully, you know, kind of having, when you see my tweets, you'll understand why I have the perspective I have. It's because I, you know, been covering this stuff for a while and have a little bit of insider knowledge in that sense. But what I'm hoping, honestly, the next big event on the horizon is WonderCon. It's in March. I'm hoping that there's some kind of presence there. It's probably going to be Walking Dead stuff, but you never know. You may hear something about interview or something like that. But really, the next, the next big update is probably going to come at Comic Con. I mean, that's when I, I just you know going back to the schedule. I mean, it used to be that there would be nothing, nothing, nothing for The Walking Dead until Comic Con, and that's when we knew we got the trailer. And then all of a sudden, there was all sorts of new content. So it's probably going to be very similar, but I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, I just think if it follows the pattern, then that's going to be the, you know, that'll be the pattern. So it's just, it's just something to be aware of, but thank you so much for listening. And like I said, if you have any questions, comments, if you want to join me on the podcast, hit me up on Twitter at Sarah Beth Pollock. Um, I'm on Instagram, same handle. Um, I really appreciate your support and I am really excited about season two also. So just know that when you're jumping up and down with updates and, and looking for information and getting excited, just know I am doing the very same thing because I am as excited as you are. So thank you so much for being such an awesome fan community and, and for making me part of it and for including me as part of it. And I promise that as soon as I have any information, if I hear anything, I will pass it along to you. So thank you so much. And yeah, we will, we will talk very soon.